In Jesus' matchless name. Amen. God bless everybody. Prophet Manning, you are welcome. Everybody join me, you are welcome. Hallelujah. All right. Let us get started with this wonderful lesson. Who wants to read for me? I want to read for you. All right. I need everybody to move fast. So, Greg, move very fastly to Psalm 139, 13 through 16. Also, I want someone else to read. Who else? I'll read, I'll read. All right, great man of God, Hebrews 10, verse number 7. Amen. Hallelujah. Who else wants to read? Yasmin, you want to read? Yeah, yes. Go to your, get your Bible fast. I know you ain't got it. Jeremiah 1 5. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, get your Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. What chapter 13? Yes, 139, 13 through 16. This message is called Destiny Alignment. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Destiny Alignment. And, and this is part two of, uh, or part one of Destiny Alignment. See? Yeah, okay. So is this where I start? This is? Yes, yeah, some, yes, you can start, Greg. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, this is the fate of the, those who trust in themselves and of their followers who approve their saying. I'm sorry, uh, Greg, is this uh, Psalm 139? I thought you said. Hello? Hello? This is Psalm. Yes, I'm Josh. I'm on, I'm on Psalms 40. Are you there? Hello, can somebody hear me? Hello? Yeah, we can hear you, but he was reading it. He couldn't hear you. Yeah. So, I thought you said 49, 13 through 16. 139. No, 139. Sorry. 139, 13 through 16. Okay, hold on. Sorry about Oh, it's no problem. Psalm 139, 13 through 16. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Actually, I want ja Yasmin. Go ahead and start first. Jeremiah 1 and 5. Go ahead. Ready? I'm ready. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yasmin will go first. Yasmin, go ahead. I can't. You can't? Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Oh, what was it again? Jeremiah 1 and 5. Oh, okay, hold on. That's okay. I will, yeah, I will read. Don't worry. No, because my phone is messing up because of the reception on here, so. Okay, go ahead. Okay. 
Hello? Hey. All right, I will start. All right, thank you. <laughs> Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Let's go. Before I made you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I chose you for a special work. I chose you to be a prophet to the nations. Hallelujah. Stop right there. Hallelujah. 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 We are talking about destiny alignment. Number one, we need to understand where does our destiny originate from? Uh, what time period does our destiny come into manifestation? Is it by our, is it by our desire our destiny is created? Uh, is our destiny already written for us and we should just walk in it? And am I walking in it already? All right. So let's, let's break this down. Hallelujah. Now, Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says that, before you were in your mother's womb, that means he was in the realm of eternity. Hallelujah. It says, I ordained you as a prophet unto the nation. The realm of eternity is the realm where no time exists, where God dwells. He lives in the realm of eternity. He lives even, he said, it doesn't, it, it, God does not only dwell in heaven, but he dwells outside of that place. Hallelujah. In unapproachable light. Hallelujah. So I want you to understand that God lives in that realm. And in that realm, destinies are also birthed. It is not only when you come to earth or you incarnate to earth, that's when your destiny starts. No. But there's a destiny that everyone has, or what we call a soul purpose, what everyone has when they come to earth. Hallelujah. Men, in essence, are not just a human body. You are a spiritual being. You are a soul. You have a soul. You have a spirit. And you enter a body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your soul and spirit are not... Your soul and spirit uh, did not begin when you were in your mother's womb, like some say. Your soul and spirit, as we can see in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, Jeremiah was ordained as a prophet. And the Bible says, I also knew thee, Jeremiah. Meaning, I was intimate with thee, Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb. It means that Jeremiah and God had a relationship before he came to earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Jesus was in the heavens. Hallelujah. Jesus was in the heavens before he incarnated as Jesus the Christ on the earth. When I say the word incarnated, don't be alarmed. It just means that the soul has entered the body. The spirit in the soul has entered the body. That's what I mean by incarnated. Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus incarnated into the body at that time. He entered that soul. He entered the, the, the body of who we know as Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So in the same way, every soul, all of you that are here today, you are a soul personality and you live inside of a body. You live inside of a body, but you come from God and you come from the realm of eternity. Amen. And also that's where your destiny is also written. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I will talk about two types of destiny today and I will talk to you on how to align yourself with, with this destiny. Hallelujah. All right. Re read on uh, Gregory. So we'll, uh, Psalms 139, 13 through 16. Yes, read on. Okay. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Amen. When I was and together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me when we were written in your book before one of them came to be hallelujah someone say amen, amen. 
I want to focus on verse number 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It means that the days that, that we have were already written out. Write this, that, that part of destiny down. Call this the absolute destiny. The absolute destiny. The absolute destiny. Hallelujah. The absolute destiny are the destiny that cannot be changed. It's the destiny that was written before the foundations of the earth. That no matter what, this must happen. Hallelujah. Amen. That is what we call the absolute destiny. Hallelujah. Amen. But there's also what we call a probable destiny. The probable destiny is based on your choices. For instance, prophetess Evans could have come to the earth with one sole purpose to be, let's just say a prophetess, for example. Now she came to be a prophetess, but now the, the choice is prophetess Evans if she wants to get married or not. If she chooses to get married, that's a probable destiny. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, if she chooses not to, it means that it's also a part of a destiny. But that probable destiny is based on choice. Yes, it means it's in the realm of probability. It means that you can get up and start working out in 30 days. You'll have a fit body or else you cannot do that. And you lay in your bed and say, well, I didn't work out for 30 days and your stomach gets bigger. It was both our probable destinies. <laughs> The choice is yours. Say amen. Hallelujah. So there's probable and absolute destinies that you need to know. Amen. And how can you maximize the probable destiny to flow with the absolute destiny? Number one, you need to first discover your soul's purpose. Amen. If you don't know your soul's purpose, you need to first discover your soul's purpose through detachment from this world. Meaning you need to come out of agreement with this world and understand that there's a higher purpose for your life. Not what just people are talking to you about. Not just what was told to you. But asking God genuinely, why am I here on earth? Because 90% of people forget why they are here. Say amen. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So they, they, they take on identities that don't belong to them. They take on characteristics that, that were given to them by the system of this world. Instead of what their core identity or soul purpose is on the earth. They, they oftentimes don't get a chance to perform it. Hallelujah. But now God in his infinite wisdom is bringing this message to you. Are you ready? Amen. All right. Oh so let us stay very focused. Hallelujah. So this, this, this message is coming to you for a time like this. Why? Because you need to learn how to get in contact with your soul's purpose if you're going to walk in the right destiny. Number one, your soul purpose may not be like anybody else or look anything like the current world you see. Your sole purpose can be something completely different out of the confines of religion. For instance, your sole purpose can be to empower the poor, die, and go to heaven. Your soul's purpose can be to be a prophet or apostle. Your soul's purpose cannot be in ministry at all, but it can be in something else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it's important that you follow whatever God is sending you here on earth for. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want you to understand that one way that you discover your soul's purpose is through genuine seeking and also prayers. You must have the desire to know and you also must pray to know with a genuine heart and the Lord will help you discover your soul's purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your soul's purpose can be revealed into, your, into the things that you like 
are what you are drawn to. For instance, like I've so spoken in the last lesson that when you see the homeless people on the street, you can be with three of your friends, but you always cry every time you see the homeless. And you feel like I need to start an orphanage or I need to start a homeless shelter for these guys. No one is caring for them, but I care for them. It can be speaking to your soul's purpose. Hallelujah. It can be speaking to your destiny. Hallelujah. So when those things inspire you or move you, you have to understand that this could be a part of your soul's purpose. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why you see many children when they when they, they come to their parents and they are saying, Mommy, I really like when I when I sing, not knowing that they could be a worshiper. That's why God has given them that voice. But the devil could offer a counterfeit and they end up in the world world singing for Beyonce or something like that. Hallelujah. So you have to make sure that you seek God for your soul's purpose so he can use your gift the way he wants to use it. That's right. Now, I want to encourage you. Someone can say, well, how do you know that's not the person's soul's purpose to sing for Beyonce? God, God endorses light. Hallelujah. God yeah. backs up light and he wants everybody to walk in his light. The Bible says it's the will of God that none shall perish but all come into repentance. That's so right. God has a purpose for the person to serve him with their souls. Amen. Hallelujah. Not the devil. Hallelujah. All right. Now, after you discover your soul's purpose, and maybe you have a prophecy, is another way that you can discover your soul's purpose. It can reveal a part of your soul's destiny. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to go so deep with this message. Are you ready? Go deeper. Amen. All right. So, the soul's purpose can be discovered also or recognized through the power of prophecy. Someone can reveal to you why you are here on earth. Hallelujah. And it could come in a form of a prophecy. For instance, I told you about this story when I was a teenager. I got a strange call. I met a guy I didn't know. And he prophesied to me about my birth, my destiny, and what I'll be doing in the future. I didn't know him. The only thing I was doing was praying that, Lord, I want to walk in my destiny. Use me or kill me. And then this call came out of nowhere. God has a way to set you up for your destiny. And you don't have to worry about how it will come. God knows how to make something to uh, get you to understand. He, he knows how to get the message to his children. Hallelujah. Yes, he knows how to get your attention. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I want to tell you some, some things on how to walk in your destiny after discovering your destiny. Many of you, you are already at the place where you know pieces of your destiny, rather it be probable. And also, you can get prophecies in the probable destiny. When the word of wisdom, which means it comes with a prophetic instruction, it can lead you to a prophetic um, um, destiny that is different um, than what you currently had. For instance, I could tell Whitney to fast for 10 days and pray in tongues for three hours. If she did that, her eyes, spiritual eyes could be opened. But if Whitney sleeps those 10 days in those times, then it will not happen. Do you get me? It's a probable destiny. Hallelujah. So when Whitney does do it, her eyes will be open. She begins to see. For example, hallelujah. But those things will be in the realm of probability. Not in the realm of absolute destiny because it's based on the what? A choice. Hallelujah. 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 Is this helping somebody? Excellent. Excellent. Amen. Amen. Now let's keep, Amen. let's keep flowing. Amen. Hallelujah. The things you must avoid to walk in destiny. Number one is laziness. Hallelujah. Proverbs 12, 24. Laziness is defined as unwilling to work or use energy or exert energy. Hallelujah. When you are lazy, it means you are not willing to work or use energy. 
So when we talk about people being lazy in their destiny, it means that they may be willing to do other things, but they're not willing to be exert energy towards their actual destiny. That's right. Hallelujah. Proverbs 12, 24, in the hand of the diligent shall be made fat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The hand of the diligent shall be made fat. Laziness is a big stumbling block for you to manifest your destiny. If you want to manifest your destiny, you must learn how to overcome the power of laziness. It means the, the lack of exhortation, exhortation of energy towards your destiny. Now, let me give you a key to overcome laziness. Number one, you need to overcome laziness by number one, having your clear vision. That was number one in the beginning. Number two, taking active steps, hallelujah, towards your vision. Active steps, daily steps, weekly steps towards your vision. When I wrote my first book, the Lord spoke to me to write a book. I grabbed the plot. I started to, I said, what book do you want me to write? He told me the book titles. He inspired me. I wrote them, I wrote them down and I worked on it day by day until one was completed. Till the first one was completed. I remember, I remember doing something like that. Okay, let us talk after class. No disrespect, but I want to keep flowing. Say amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent shall be made fat. So diligence in doing your continuous um, steps or actions towards your destiny, continual actions or steps towards your destiny will make you achieve your destiny. Hallelujah. Will allow you to arrive to your destiny. So you have to overcome the power of laziness. Number two, you must overcome wrong people and wrong associations. Hallelujah. Proverbs 19:20. Some of us, you 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 have a thing in you that you need to be accepted, and if somebody rejects you, you try to get them to be convinced to accept you. You have to overcome that lack of um, lack of that re- spirit of rejection and also hanging around the wrong people. Hallelujah. Proverbs 19 and 20. Listen to the advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be accounted among the wise. Listen to this. Listen to the advice and accept what? Discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. You need to have people around you that will help you to be disciplined. You need to have the people around you that are walking amongst the wise so you also can be wise. You need to have people that are in alignment with your prophetic destiny. Jesus, while he was on earth, he said, I did not entrust my He did not trust himself to those people because he knew men's heart. It means that he knew that if he gave them over to some of the people, they could have killed him before his time. Yes, they would have praised them. They would have said, yes, you're Jesus of Nazareth. But some of the guys would have been in the crowd trying to kill him before his time. So his destiny could have been aborted. So Jesus said, I did not entrust myself to those men. Hallelujah. Because he knew their heart. You must also know men's heart. You must know the people that you must be around and the people you must not be around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, 33-35 Amonish us, be not deceived Evil communication corrupts good manners Awake to righteousness and sin not For some of you have not the knowledge of God I speak this to your shame Hallelujah So what is he saying? He was talking to, telling to the Corinthians That do you not know that Evil communication corrupts good manners so you may be having a great destiny. For instance, let me use this as an a, 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 a example. There's a, a woman called Hernandez. 
Miss Hernandez is on the path of righteousness. She understands her destiny to be a mother of three kids. And she's out to get a good husband. Now God said, wait one month to get a good husband. But Hernandez, Miss Hernandez, has three girlfriends as well. That also deceives her to, to take men on dates. Now, when she goes on one of the dates, she disobeys the instruction of the Lord. She finds one man, and that man now tells her that I am the husband you are looking for. She goes back to consult the three girls and says, yes, this is the one. Take him and go. Now, since Ms. Hernandez did not understand her own death, she did not listen to the Lord, number one. Number two, she rejected the counsel of God, of the godly. She took the counsel of the ungodly. And she went after this man. Now, she gets married to this man. And this man has no, uh, no ability to make kids. All right. So number, number one, she disobeyed God. Number two, she married the wrong man. Number three, she had the wrong friends to, to advise her. You must make sure that you have good counsel to advise you on the path of your destiny. Say amen. Amen. Be not deceived. Amen. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Hallelujah. Amen. I also want to go here to 1 Corinthians 5, 9. I wrote unto you in the epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world or with the covetousness or the extortioners or with the idolaters. For them must you need to go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother, meaning a Christian, or someone that says I'm a believer. It says being a fornicator or be a fornicator or covetous or idolater or railer or a drunkard or extortioner. With such a one do not eat, not to eat. For what I have to do to judge them that are without, do you not judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judges. Therefore put away among yourself the wicked person. Now I want you to understand what the Apostle Paul was saying. He said that, I'm not telling you not to hang with the people that are in the world that don't claim to be of the faith. But he says, I'm telling you, the ones that are in the faith and they claim to be of the faith, but yet they are fornicators, idolaters, railers, covetousness, unrepentance, all of these things, Apostle Paul says, with such a one, do not even eat. That's right. Hallelujah. That's right. For what I have to do with the judge them that are without, it means, what do I have to do with those who are outside of the church? God will judge them. But he says, do you not judge them that are within? But them without, God judges. Therefore, put away from among yourself that wicked person. So you must, on your, your path of your destiny in Christ, you must put away evil people. Stop thinking that because you have a good friendship with somebody, you should, you should hang around them. Trust me. There are some negative characteristics. If they fall into any of these categories and they're not able to be rebuked and won back to Christ and they are unrepentant in their ways, you need to leave that person. Hallelujah. And also possibly turn them over to Satan, which I will talk about another class. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is this helping somebody? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to read this this one. I'll read this in numbers just for the sake of time. Numbers 16, 20 through 35. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, move away from these men. I want to destroy them now, but not, but Moses and Aaron bowed to the ground and cried out, God, you know what people are thinking. Please don't be angry with all these people. 
Only one man really sinned. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people to move away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abram. Moses stood and went to Dathan and Abram, and all the elders of Israel followed him. Moses warned the people, Move away from the tents of these evil men. Don't touch anything that belongs to them. If you do, you will be destroyed because of their sins. So the men moved away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, Abram. Dathan and Abram went to their tents. They stood outside of their tents with their wives, children, and little babies. Then said Moses, I will show you proof that the Lord has sent me to do all the things I told you. I will show you that all these things were not my own idea. These men will die. But if they die in a normal way, the way people always die, then that will show that the Lord did not really send me. But if the Lord causes them to die in a different way, then you will know that these men have sinned against the causes them to die in a different way. Then you will know that these men have sinned against the Lord. This is proof. The earth will open and swallow them. They will go down to their grave alive. And everything that belongs to the men will go down with them. When Moses finished the saying, the ground under the men opened. It was as if the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them. All of Korah's men, their families and everything, they all went down into the earth. They went down into the grave of life. Everything they went with them. And then the earth closed over them. They were finished, gone from the camp. The Israelites had the cry, heard the cries of men being destroyed. So they all ran into different directions and said, The earth will swallow us too. Then a fire came from the Lord and destroyed the 250 men that were offering incense. Hallelujah. Someone say, Amen. Amen. So you see that God instructed Moses and Aaron, Get out of the way and tell these people, Don't even touch those things. And if they don't move from this place, I will destroy them too. By your evil association, you can bring swift destruction upon yourselves. Let me make this statement. Your destiny, if you want to fulfill your destiny, is not for people that are lazy. It is not for people that don't want to have responsibility. It's for a people that want to be vigorous and centered on their, their soul's destiny while coming on earth. Amen. If you want, if I'm not giving instructions for anybody that they says, well, this, this is this and I, I want to do it my way. That is not how destiny is birthed. Destiny is birthed by taking responsibility. Hallelujah. Amen. And I believe that you guys are going to birth your destiny. Amen. Third thing you must avoid, number three, leads me to my next point. Self-sabotage and lack of personal responsibility is the destroyer of destiny. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitfully, uh, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond care. Who can understand it? Hallelujah. You need to watch. Sorry. You need to watch out for your heart and your destiny. Number one, your your heart can be programmed, and your heart can have deceitful programming. Yes. And unless you acknowledge it and begin to work on it, and matter of fact, let me go to the, this thing to say this: we all have deceitful programming in parts of our heart. Absolutely. And we all need to be cleansed of this. Hallelujah. So your destiny, for instance, let me give you an example of a deceitful heart. Your destiny will be, be be to help the poor, but then a thought will come in your mind that why should I help the poor? They should help themselves. Even as I work, they should work. And you didn't cast down that thought. That thought would take root in your heart and build roots and trees. 
So every time you think about helping the poor, that thought comes to you. Let them help themselves. Right. Not knowing your destiny is supposed to be helping the poor. That's right, exactly. In the same way, it happens when you give into the church. You finally find a good mentor, a good person, but the old thought comes to you. Maybe this person is not good. Takes root in oh, your heart. Lord. And then you, every time you think of the person, you can't receive from them, even though God has ordained you to to, to be get together. Yes, sir. Give me, I give you another example. Some of us, we have, a, we may have a destiny. Let's just say to go out and be a kingdom financer. But then you go on YouTube and you listen to somebody that's slandering how pastors are always needing money and now they ask for money. And at first you were given a million. Now you stop tithing and all your blessings stop flowing because you listen to these people about giving. Because the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can give it? So you have to watch out for seeds that will be planted in your heart that will destroy your destiny. Maybe your destiny is to manifest a lot of light and love and compassion towards people. Maybe the enemy knows that that's your destiny and he, he sees that how you are doing that. So he sends a bitter person, which is also the agent of the devil. Someone that is bitter and says, you need to be careful not giving your love and compassion to people. Not knowing that they are speaking directly against the mandate that God has given you. That was as Judas. Judas was deceived in his heart over money in Luca. I asked, I kindly asked, please fix your mic. If you can help me, please fix the mic. Hey Amen. He was given over to that. I want to fix the mic, please, kindly. Thank you so much. If you have wind in your background, if you see the person's mic doing it, please mute them. Can we continue? Yes, sir. Sorry, Maria, I didn't know it was your mic. Hallelujah. It must have been AC. That is fine. Let us continue with this. Judas was given over to a deceitful heart. He thought that he thought that his heart was not deceived. So Satan entered Judas to carry out an assignment against Jesus because it's a deceitful heart. Judas was deceived by the love of money and also the hatred towards the Lord. Judas did not know that he hated the Lord. Most people, you don't deserve that Judas hated the Lord in some aspects. I'm not saying his whole heart hated the Lord, but in some aspects, he had dislikes for the Lord. For instance, when Judas, if Judas loved the Lord, he would not choose money over Jesus. That's right. But instead, Judas had an idol in his heart to trade him over a few shekels. And Judas yes. betrayed Jesus and then killed himself, coming to no resolve. Because a deceitful heart, the heart deceived him. And when his heart was deceived, Lucifer gained access to him. Because he is the father of deception. Always, always. Teach your pastor. Hallelujah. Last point I want to make. The Bible says, let no man, when he say he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. 
But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Hallelujah. So let me uh, let me break this down. It is the desires of your own heart that tempt you and lead you away from God. Amen. Many people have come to me. God is testing me, man of God. God is tempting me. The Bible says right here in James 1, 13 through 16, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust have conceived it, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Hallelujah. This is an important key for you of taking responsibility over your heart. If you don't take responsibility over your heart concerning your destiny, you will be tempted by your own lust. Rather, it be fornication, maybe you had a thought in your mind, you saw you were sleeping with somebody, you didn't cast it down, now it took root. Maybe you, you had a thought of you cussing out your pastor, you didn't cast it down, so now it took root. Maybe you had a thought of, 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 of betraying your sisters, now you didn't cast it down, now it took root. And then people will say, well, God is really tempting me. He's testing me, brother. No, you are testing yourself by not casting down these thoughts. That's right. By not taking responsibility and blaming it on God. That's the same Adamic nature that Adam showed in the garden. Adam did not take responsibility when God is ordained it to him, yet he blamed it on Eve. It was my woman. It was blamed on her. I'm sorry. I thought the reason why Adam got... got um and forgive me, but I thought the reason why Adam got, you know, down to earth and stuff was because he slept with Eve. No, I don't know. I don't know where you get that account. But um, try to look at it. It says it's just fruit. Talk about that later. But if you talk about being fruitful and multiply, Adam was planted in the Garden of Eden, and so was Eve. Exactly. Came from the rib of Adam. Okay. So I want you to try to read the book of Genesis. That's your homework. Personally, read Genesis chapter one through three. That's your personal homework. Say amen. So by, to, by tomorrow, I expect you to text me some stuff on that. Hallelujah. Yes, Thank you yes, so much. Sir. So I'll be waiting on it. So now I want you to understand that your heart can deceive you. Maybe you feel like having sex outside of marriage is now okay. When God's word says it's not okay. And, you, and now you get a thought in your mind, well, that's an old text. That's not valid for today. Remember, I told you God made rules and ordained things for all of eternity. Right. What he says once is valid for all of eternity Unless he, he changes it He's the same today, yesterday and forever Exactly Amen, powerfully said So I want you guys to understand this message very well God, You have to take responsibility Toward your destiny With your destiny If you don't take responsibility No one else will And you could be wasting your time While you're on the physical plane Now I want to also tell you that some of our lifespans, it fits our destiny that if you think that because you're going to live a long time that in more destiny you fulfill, it's based on your productivity level. Absolutely. If you're not productive productive in your destiny, then you, want, you can live 80 years but have nothing done. That's right. Someone that lived 10 years can have more done than a 90-year-old. Absolutely. Because of the, them understanding these keys that I gave tonight, productivity. Understanding that I have to take responsibility, that this is no one's fault. But if I ruin my, I cannot be ruined, but but by my own hands. It's a, it's a quote like that. 
If I was ruined, I cannot say I was ruined by another man, but by my own hands. Absolutely. Amen. So you need to understand that if you are going to if you are going to be ruined, you have to understand that you have a responsibility. You have a part to play. Don't look up to God and say, "Why me, God?" Now let me address some of you that may be thinking, "Well, I had an un a ungodly circumstance happen to me, and I had no control over." It. I'm not talking about in that case, but I'm talking about the choice where you have a a choice to do something, and you chose to do it or you didn't. Rather, it's going to benefit your destiny or it's going to hold your destiny back further. This is our destiny alignment message, part one. Um, things to do to manifest your destiny and things to avoid. Who is blessed?